This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Senator Tommy Tuberville is offering a bill that takes a potential government shutdown off the table when it comes to budget and spending negotiations within Congress. Tuberville is co-sponsoring the bill with James Langford of Oklahoma. It's called the Prevent Government Shutdown Act of 2023. Tuberville says that shutdowns accomplish nothing and that the solution should be for Congress to stay at their job until the budgeting process is completed. If there's some sort of failure to do so, the bill then makes a provision for an automatic continuing resolution to kick in for the next 14 days, which would keep all government agencies operating at the budget levels that were negotiated from the year before. Congress members and staff within the House and Senate will not be able to travel outside of Washington, D.C., and there can be no use of campaign funds to supplement a congressman's duties or travel expenses. The House and Senate would not be able to recess or adjourn for a period of more than 23 hours, and no other votes would be held that do not pertain to the budget issue at hand. Alabama Congressman Robert Aderholt speaks out about the federal court that is overseeing a lawsuit that challenges the current congressional maps that are in Alabama. That federal court is ultimately going to have them redrawn for 2024. Aderholt says that the three-judge panel is speaking out of both sides of their mouth in that they've said in the past that congressional districts should not be drawn according to race, but in this case are now using maps that are drawn by a special master that are solely based on the racial makeup of the areas. Democrat Congresswoman Terry Sewell is calling it a big win for black voters in Alabama. The $1.2 billion that the Alabama legislature approved for construction of two mega prisons here in the state is not going to be enough money. This week, members of the Alabama Corrections Institution Finance Authority increased the price cap on the Elmore County Prison Project to $1.8 billion. The initial estimate for the Elmore County prison alone came in at $623 million. This means that state lawmakers will have to provide more funding in order to see both projects completed. Governor Ivey attributed the increase in price to inflation and admitted that this is a major undertaking, but that the state will press on. A nonprofit organization will be holding an information seminar for veterans in the city of Enterprise. The group Disabled American Veterans will provide the information on how veterans can access service and benefits for themselves and their family members. The seminar is free and will be held at the American Legion Post on October 2nd. Veterans should bring their military and personal identification. The Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources has announced enhanced fire precautions at all of the state parks in Alabama. Visitors are being warned to apply best practices when it comes to campfires as well as grills in light of the extended dry conditions that are occurring here in the state. The first fire alert for the state of Alabama was issued on September 22nd and will stay in place until conditions improve. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news. There is a first response on social media coming from the Biden administration after the bombshell revelation this week from House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. White House Counsel spokesman Ian Sams took to Twitter to post a reaction after Comer revealed that the committee has records of money being wired from China on two different occasions, totaling $250,000 that went directly to Joe Biden's Delaware address. This all happened back in 2019 while Joe Biden was running for president. Sams took to social media and did not deny that the money was wired to Hunter, but blamed it on COVID-19, suggesting that Hunter Biden was living with his parents in Delaware at the time and had to have the money wired there 
but that Joe would have had nothing to do with it. However, digging deeper into the details, the money wiring would have happened before COVID had hit in full effect in 2020, causing any lockdowns. And also, according to Hunter Biden's memoir, he was living in California at the time. He had recently remarried. And more details are coming out about a ruling from a New York judge against Donald Trump. It's all involving the case that has been brought by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James. The judge in this case is Arthur Engeron, who just made a summary statement before the non-jury trial begins, in which he found Trump to be guilty of fraud. Engeron ruled that Trump and his finance officers overvalued and misrepresented the value of Trump's assets when applying for loans from banks. Now that the judge's ruling has been read over, the real estate world are reacting significantly to the judge's judgment. For example, the judge determined that Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida is currently worth only $18 million in his evaluation and that Trump inflated the numbers by 2,500%. Over the course of the past 30 years, Trump originally bought it for $10 million. The Gateway Pundit contacted realtors in that area who are pointing out what comparable properties are selling for right now. For example, a two-acre undeveloped lot five miles away sold for $150 million, and another on Ocean Boulevard sold for $200 million. Consider that Mar-a-Lago has 20 acres and an established building with 128 rooms. Forbes magazine appraised Mar-a-Lago's value to be at $160 million back in 2018 following extensive renovations. Under the judge's ruling, the LLCs that run Trump's key properties will now have their authority dissolved and turned over to a receiver. Trump is now calling it all a witch hunt and an effort to interfere with the 2024 election and pointed out that there were no victims in this case and that the banks were given disclaimers in the financials for them to do their own research if they did not trust the numbers and the banks were paid back in full. The House Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic has released an interesting document regarding Dr. Anthony Fauci and the narratives surrounding the origins of the COVID-19 virus. Chairman Brad Wenstrup says his committee received an allegation that Fauci went to the Central Intelligence Agency headquarters to weigh in on their investigation into the origins of the virus. Fauci's visit was never placed in official CIA records. The House committee now says this must be investigated in light of other reports of how Fauci strongly influenced other scientists that ended up writing the Proximal Origin paper, which dismissed the lab leak theory. Wenstrup is seeking all documents and communications related to Fauci's visit, and they have named special agent Brett Rowland in particular to have an interview with about Fauci's movements to and from the CIA building. The Daily Caller News Foundation is now reporting on numbers that they say they got from the Custom and Border Protection Agency. The number of illegal aliens that have entered the U.S. in the past two days is now at 22,000. Border Patrol numbers show other high influx days, such as 17,000 illegal crossovers in one night on August 10th of this year and almost 8,000 on June 8th. Nine of the Border Patrol sectors in Texas have facilities that are 280% over capacity. The Daily Caller News Foundation also cited federal data for the past year that shows 1.8 million illegal crossings from October of 2022. An oncologist and cancer research doctor, William Makus, is talking about a new disturbing trend that he is seeing that has been named Turbo Cancers. Makus spoke on the High Wire podcast. Turbo Cancer, it's a recent term. It arose in the public domain. And it really describes aggressive cancers that are arising in COVID-vaccinated individuals. It's showing up in young people, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. The youngest case that I've reported was a 12-year-old boy who had one Moderna vaccine. Four months later, develops stage four brain cancer, and then six months later, he died. And so this is something I've never seen before in my career. I've diagnosed 
probably 20,000 cancer patients in my career. I've never seen cancers behaving like this. Um, and they grow very, very rapidly. And they present at a late stage. You're listening to The Daily Detail. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 